Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptaw, C70 the Bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, David Jones from iPop Editor on the Twitters. And David, I think last week, I'm pretty sure on the show we you said especially, if, if, and I agreed, that if the Cardinals went 4-3 and three against the Brewers and the Dodgers, we were thinking it was going to be a pretty good week. Um, somehow, for maybe the first time this season, the Cardinals exceeded our expectations, going five and two against two really good. I mean, I guess they're really good teams. They should be really good teams. The Dodgers definitely are a really good team. Um, so, is are, are are the Cardinals back, or is this just a little bit of catching up from how bad April was? Well, I would like to say good evening to everyone out there listening, because it is a good evening, because the Cardinals did win today. And good evening to everyone except for Max Muncy, I, I will put it that way. <laughs> and, I, and I don't say that to be mean. What I'm, I say that because we're recording this late, and usually babies are asleep by now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I did not expect to see this. You know, I thought four and three might be a little bit optimistic, um, but... You know, I thought, okay, maybe they can take two of three from Milwaukee, and then you're hoping for a split with the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. I I didn't love the pitching matchups at all, which, let's be honest, when the Cardinals are matched up against anybody, you really don't love those matchups too much right now when it comes to pitching. But I especially did not like the matchups in this series, Um, starting with game one and then, you know, look, look at game four and you've got Kershaw going. So I am pleasantly surprised that the Cardinals went five and two. I will take that. And not only that, but to see how far they've jumped, not only in the central standings, but also the wild card standings. And Hey, they're not sitting at the bottom anymore. No, sir. They are not the bottom dwellers of the central or the national league. They've put some distance between themselves and the bottom. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy tonight. In fact, you get to even add to your happiness mood they are technically percentage points ahead of the Cubs. So that is always a good thing. Um, so sitting in third place, um, you know, just four games out of the wild card, five out of the division lead. I mean, it, it really feels like, and we, and the way we've watched this team, right? This week has been remarkable. It's still, and we'll talk maybe a little bit about that pitching in a little bit, but that's still out there. But the offense has done its job and then some this week. Um, and apparently Wilson Contreras has figured out the umpires. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is a really – I watched that little clip from Muncie, and that is a, a really weird thing to see because I feel like the whole month of April especially, the Cardinals were getting terrible call after terrible call after terrible call. Um, to the point that it felt like it was a conspiracy because um, Ollie Marmol had called out C.B. Buckner and now everybody was like going after the Cardinals. It was it was bad. I mean, there were a lot of bad calls. And so now to say, well, they won because they bullied the umpires and the umpires changed their minds. I don't know that I would want to be Max Muncy at the plate anytime soon because I don't think he's going to get a call the rest of the year at that rate. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, that it, it just sounds like sour grapes when someone starts complaining about that. Uh, you know, I can get that you're frustrated, but uh, it was a little bit of a temper tantrum. And for him to get ejected over what he got ejected for seemed ridiculous. You know, now the strike three to Mookie Betts that ended the game Saturday mm-hmm. night, I get it. That right. was that was a ball. 
Um, now, what's funny is my friends who are not Cubs fans and they're not Dodgers fans, I got multiple messages from friends saying, man, your catcher really framed that in an incredible way. And I'm thinking, well, you know, he is, you know, the lifetime catcher for the Cardinals and he's been <laughs> in that position all year long. Uh, but I thought, you know, how ironic that I'm hearing from uh, fans of other teams talking about how well Contreras framed it. Uh, but yeah, um, it felt good to finally have something go our way. You know, Adam Wainwright has thrown some curveballs right down the middle that have been called mm-hmm. balls and come back to haunt the team. So it, it was just a little bit refreshing to go, you know what? The umpire missed that one, and I'm okay with it, finally. Mm-hmm. It yeah. finally worked in our favor. Uh, but for the Dodgers to complain about that, I mean, a team with a payroll that high, with mm-hmm. a lineup like that, with a pitching staff like that, I mean, come on, you've essentially tried to buy championships and now you're complaining about an umpire not giving you your way. Eh, No, thanks. Well, and it feels like, I mean, we don't watch the Dodgers on a regular basis, obviously, because we're not Dodgers fans, but we, you know, see enough of them that it's really hard to think of things that don't go the Dodgers way. Right. I mean, you know, we still expect Alex Reyes to come back from, you know, injury and probably be like some sort of Cy Young candidate, even when he only pitches like half a year for the Dodgers, that kind of stuff, right? I mean, Jason Hayward is a productive player with the Dodgers uh, after not doing anything but giving a speech in Chicago. Um, So, you know, yeah, I think it is one of those things that, you know, every once in a while it's nice to see the big guys not get something that happens and uh, maybe they don't, aren't expecting that aren't, aren't used to that and don't know what to do about it. That, that may be the case. I don't Are know. Are we talking but... about Stan Kroenke now, or yeah. is that, <laughs> I, I try to leave politics off the show. <laughs> um, so and I think that's, that's about as close as it gets I mean, in St. Louis perhaps, but uh, although that's probably less so because it's a little bit more unanimous than most politics, most politics things are. Um, so, what has, I mean, they get, the Cardinals scored double digits in at least two games this week. Um, they had a 10-run inning. Um, they had games where they had, you know, seven home runs against the Dodgers to start that series, enough to put uh, Juan Urias on the um, injured list, apparently. Um, what really, I mean, there's a lot of things, but what stood out the most to you from this week? Well, I'm going to repeat something that I have said probably four times on this, and that is, where would the Cardinals be without Nolan Gorman? I mean, my goodness, I've said that over and over, and yet he still continues to shock and surprise. We shouldn't be surprised at this point. The guy hitting late-inning home runs? No. But it's like, okay, let's just up the ante. I'm going to do it off a left-hander. I'm going to do it off the Dodgers. It it has just been incredible to watch. Um, I told last week about how I've, you know, really into amateur baseball card collecting Nolan Gorman cards are soaring this week. I mean, Ooh. stuff that I paid $5 for two weeks ago is now going for like 15 and 20 bucks. People are catching on all across baseball. It's pretty impressive. I mean, last four games, the guy's hitting 444. His on base percentage is over 500. It is just amazing to watch. So he has been one key component of this. And again, I tell people, you know, he's only 23. Like this guy is going to continue to get better. I went back and looked at his draft class. What's amazing, there is not a first round pick from his draft class. Now, if you throw out compensation picks, but there's not a typical first round pick from his draft class who has made an all-star game yet. And that's not due to a bad draft class. That's because of how recent it was. Well, I think we're about to see the first one make it. 
Um, people talk about Grayson Rodriguez and how young he is as a prospect. Same draft class as Nolan Gorman. Um, that's what's amazing. So he's been a part of it. I mean, his name is starting to take off all across baseball. He's becoming the other Nolan for the Cardinals. Uh, what I love is because when you throw him in with the other Nolan, you throw him in with Paul Goldschmidt, teams can't pitch around him. And I think that that's one thing that we're starting to see is because of the protection in this lineup, we're seeing guys start getting good pitches. I'll also throw another name out there. Uh, it's a name I love throwing out there now, and that's Paul DeYoung. <laughs> and I said it because we, I think we, Maybe we weren't hard on him earlier, but I think we were realistic in our expectations and he's exceeded those. Um, I looked today, I was just curious at the war um, rankings for shortstops in the major leagues. Paul DeYoung is 12th among shortstops, which Tommy Edmonds on that list ahead of him, but he's ahead of Trey Turner, Corey Seager, and Carlos Correa. Just, you know, the guys that everybody wanted the Cardinals to go get in the last two years, Paul DeYoung's ahead of them and he's played about half the games. So, you know, I, I think it's just a little bit of everything kind of finally coming together. Um, there's part of me that doesn't want to get too over the moon because I want to think, you know, ah, maybe maybe we're just seeing them on a hot streak right now. But I think this is more of the norm. I think this is what we expected coming into the season. And I think this is kind of what we're going to see going forward because the Cardinals have been doing this against tough pitching and tough teams. Uh, I'm hoping that they're starting. They're about to start beating up on some lower level teams and lower level pitchers. And I think this is what we're going to see the rest of the way. Yeah. I, um, I was looked at Paul DeYoung before we started here today, cause I did want to check some stuff. And of course it's not baseball references isn't updated through today's game, but you know, tossing that home run in there, he's already hit more home runs than he hit all of last year in 55 less games and about 150 less plate appearances. Um, he's got the best, OPS plus of his career. And that's including that, you know, that first year where he was actually pretty good. Um, so yeah, I don't know that this, you know, continues. I don't know that he's going to be a, then, you know, a 30 home run home run hitter again, but it feels like we're getting past this idea that it's a, it's that initial hot streak and everybody figures it out and he doesn't adjust. It feels like this is going to be, I don't want to say the new normal because I do think it may, he may hit some bumps in the road, but it's definitely going to be, <laughs> it definitely then opens the conversation that we thought was pretty much slammed closed on, will the Cardinals pick up his option for next year? Man, are you right. reading my notes? I was just about to ask <laughs> you that. We didn't even talk about this. <laughs> you know, when you're in sync, when things are going well, then, you know, this kind of stuff happens, you know, um, and I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you. I I have trouble believing that they will because of the players that they have and Mason Wynn playing well in Memphis. But, you know, if he hits 20-something home runs at shortstop this year, it's really hard to let that just go into the free agent market. Yeah, it's funny. Like, my notes really say, ask Daniel if he thinks Cardinals will pick up Paul DeYoung's $12.5 million option for next year. Um I thought I was like, I was like, yes, I'm going to spring something fun. Uh, and you beat me to it. You, you know, I've been asking that question to friends of mine. I've been asking that question to myself and I don't know what the answer is. And there's still plenty of time. Uh, we, yeah. we may see him regress. We may see him hit 30 home runs. And I think if you hit 30 home runs, it's a no brainer, but I, some of my friends have already been like, you know, Mason wins coming. There's no way the Cardinals do it. Well, I think that question is a little deeper though, because 
the Cardinals could pick it up, but that doesn't mean that Paul DeYoung's on the team next year. Uh, that might be a thing that the Cardinals pick up and he's traded to another team somewhere because of the great value that he's carrying. I mean, if you, you could get a shortstop who hits 20, 25 home runs and he's only going to cost you $12.5 million for the year, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are going to be on board for that. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I think we're going to start seeing this is where the depth starts coming into play. Mm-hmm. I think you could see Paul DeYoung possibly be a trade candidate after this season. I think there's a chance Paul DeYoung could possibly be a trade candidate during this season, possibly at the trade deadline if he keeps this up. But at the same time, if you're the wild or wild card or central hunt, you don't want to lose a guy like that. I do think, and uh, this is the one that makes me feel dirty to say, there is a chance the Cardinals pick up Paul DeYoung's option. He is the shortstop for next year, and Mason Wynn potentially gets traded to pick up a starting pitcher around the trade deadline. And I feel so dirty and ugly <laughs> saying that but i think that could be a possibility has that thought crossed your mind i i kind of want you to shut me down on that and be like no way that's never happening that win and hints are untouchable along with walker but is that is that a possibility i mean anything's a possibility but i think the cardinals would have to get overwhelmed to have a deal with mason win in it i mean if you're talking especially at the deadline you know they're not trading him for you know, John Lackey or something of that nature, or John Lester or anything like that. You know, it's a it's a young stud pitcher that's under control for like two or three years, and and people just don't trade those guys very often. So no, I mean, I would put it at one or two percent chance that they would do that kind of thing. I think that for what the Cardinals need, um especially if they're trying to do it in season trading Paul DeYoung makes sense. If he's doing well, um, there's, I would say that there's a better chance that they trade Tommy Edmond than they trade Mason Wynn. Um, I, I think Tommy Edmond has more value to the Cardinals than probably anybody else, but I also know that he's playing well, he's versatile. And, you know, if, you know, Nolan Gorman is probably your DH, but if you're wanting to get him more time at second base or have the free up that DH spot a little bit more, um, you know, you could move him. Uh, again, I don't think that's real likely either, but um, yeah, I think probably the Cardinals just want Paul Dion to keep hitting home runs and so they can trade him off. I, I think that I'm may good be the with best that. Thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Would you, just playing armchair GM here, would you package Mason Wynn in a deal for someone like Shane Bieber. Someone that has two years or year, I guess a year and a half of control. Or is that well, still I, too rich? I, I think it may. I mean, given the Cardinals propensity for not only, you know, being very highly high on their own prospects, they do need those kind of guys to come through to keep the payroll where it's at. Right. I mean, if you've got, a you've got Arenado and you've got Goldschmidt and you've got Contreras and you know at some point in time are you gonna have to pay Nolan Gorman to keep him around or 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 things of that nature if you're going to try to make some kind of pitching acquisition that's going to cost a lot of money I think they need guys like Walker and Win and Win and and Hintz to come up and play for league minimum for a few years and so I don't think they would do that I mean I, I can't rule it out but i think that i think they would if if 
if the Nationals had asked for win in the Juan Soto deal, maybe. Uh, just because of how much control there was coming back last year. But other than that, I, I it would be a really hard, hard sell, I think. You know, something uh, that I hadn't thought about, Tommy Edmond, but something that potentially makes that a little easier to stomach. Um, this Now, this was going into Friday. I haven't checked since then, but I checked this mm-hmm. on Friday, and this surprised me. But uh, according to baseball reference, Nolan Gorman – has more defensive runs saved at second base than Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan. Um, mm. And, and that, that shocked me. I think Edmund, Edmund was just at zero. I think Donovan was actually at a minus four, if I remember right. And um, Gorman was a plus one. Now mm. I just went to check out Gorman. And I saw he was a plus one. And I thought, you know, that's, that's really good. He's, he's impressed me. And I'm glad to see that he's above, you know, above average or at least plus one, but I did not expect to see him above Edmund and Donovan, which, <clears throat> Still a little small sample size, but we're getting out of that. And it tells me that if the Cardinals needed to rely on this guy to be their second baseman of the future, I think it's completely plausible. Yeah, I like I said, there's a lot of middle infield depth, just like there is a lot of outfield depth. And um, trading out of that um, may be your, your thing. I mean, again, if, if you can get by with... Edmund, Donovan, Gorman in your middle infield, uh, you know, maybe you can let Paul DeYoung go if you can get a good good offer for him, um, for somebody that needs a little bit more power in their lineup. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're still probably a month away from actually serious rumors and two months away from anything actually happening. Um, but now that the Cardinals are playing better, at least we can consider this in that sense instead of, are they just going to sell everybody at the trade deadline? I mean, right. There yeah. seems to be less of a, a discussion about that now. Yeah. And if Paul DeYoung is going to hit 30 home runs, I don't want to see him going anywhere. Like keep him in that lineup and let's let him bash because he, right now he's been part of their success. You can look back at quite a few games in the past two weeks and look at it, you know, scores of maybe Cardinals win by three or four runs and look at that game and Paul DeYoung hit a home run at some point in a key spot. So, Hey, if he wants to keep mashing, keeps playing good defense at shortstop, you know, I don't want to see him going anywhere. Um, let's leave, what is he, I don't know, rocket scientist or whatever his degree <laughs> is. Uh, one of those really, one of these smart ones I can't understand. But yeah, I'm happy seeing him in the lineup. I, I didn't think I would say that this year, but when the lineup card comes out and his name is there, I, I know the Cardinals are going to have a good chance to actually get some some home runs to get some runs. Yeah. 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 Now, I mean, all this is fair and, and good, but this winning stretch has not been because of the pitching staff has been good by any stretch. I mean, it's been fine for the most part, but it hasn't been good. Uh, it may have had a good start here and there, but there's, there's been some struggles. I mean, Jack Flaherty, uh, you know, following up that uh, game against oh, Milwaukee, right? He struck out uh, 10 and threw like seven scoreless innings. And we're like, maybe this, maybe this is a turning the corner for Jack. Cause like we always think when he has a good start, Today, he can't get out of the fifth inning. Uh, walks, what, four guys or something of that nature. Um, even though the Cardinals had a lead. Um, it's, you know, Adam Wainwright was okay. And the bullpen didn't necessarily help some in that regard either. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, is there a starter out there that you feel like, okay, this is going to be a, a fine day? Well, hear me out on this one. 
do we know for sure that Oscar Mercado can't pitch? Um, I mean, I I'm starting to out. think the guy can do anything. And I just had to throw his name in there because of the week he's had. Sure. Uh, but in, you know, shout out to him, man. That's such a cool story. It is. Yeah. You know, it's the pitching hasn't, it's still not where we want it to be. I think miles Michaelis is starting to kind of get there. You know, he had a quality start um, yesterday and it was one of those quality starts that you're kind of like, eh, it was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it fell into the category of quality start. Um, And I I think most seasons we'd kind of go, yeah, that's all right. He did enough to give the Cardinals a chance to win. This year you see quality start. You see a guy pitching in the seventh and you're like, holy cow, this guy's going to win the Cy Young. Um, And so, you know, at least we have that. You know, I think his last seven games, his ERA is like 2.9. So he is coming around. But you don't know what you're getting with anybody else. Um, you know, you really wanted to see Flaherty come out on fire again, and he struggled, couldn't even get through five. Jordan Montgomery, it's just up and down. You're not quite sure what you're getting. Steven Matz, still, there's those games that you think, man, this guy looks like he could, you know, throw a two-hitter. And then there's innings you're like, is he going to walk the bases loaded? Like, mm-hmm. this is terrible. So, yeah, I don't – I don't I – st- I still don't know what the answer is. Um we talked a little bit before we came on air. Air, we don't know what they're doing with Matthew Libertor. Uh, I'd love a little clarity on that. But yeah, the staff still has to be better because the offense isn't going to put up 18 runs every game. They're not going to put up 10 runs every game. There's going to be those games that you have to win when you only score three or four runs. And right now, the pitching staff can't do that. You know, it's nice. You know, they, they can squeeze out some wins with six or seven runs, but it's... It, that's going to start coming back to earth just a little bit time to time. I don't know what the answer is for the pitching staff, but they've got to be better. Yeah. I mean, it's in it's the bullpen has been pretty good, but I do think that we've seen a little bit of, okay, we're having to go to that. Well, a little bit off more often. And I think that's probably why we did see Matthew Libertor today. I mean, when you've got six starters instead of five, that's one less bullpen guy. And, you know, there, I think, I would like to see them do that with more than just this young guy, right? I mean, because I don't expect Adam Wainwright to throw an inning on his somewhere between his starts, but you know, a guy like Matts or has pitched in the bullpen, or you know, even a guy like Montgomery. I mean, if you're going to do this, don't just don't just pick on Libertor, who might be the best pitcher you have in your in your rotation right now. Um, do it with some other people as well. Um, I just, I doubt that they do that. Yeah. I, I was so confused today. Like I, you know, when Mo said earlier this week that Libertor might come out of the bullpen, I thought in my head, okay, he, what he's doing is he's just saying that now because they're, they don't want to have a conversation with another starter to let that starter know that he's not going to be in the rotation this week. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's Mo's just kind of playing it safe. But then Libertor is like in the bullpen and I'm like, what in the world is going on? And then uh, I think Chip Carey said, well, maybe he's just throwing his scheduled pitches. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. And then he comes into the game. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe everything's fine. Maybe this is just him throwing his normal lot for what he would normally do this day. And it just made sense to get him in. I don't know when he's going to be starting again. If he'll be starting again, it sounds like he might, but I'm very confused by this, but it does sound like if the starters were going longer and if the relievers weren't struggling, 
this probably doesn't even happen. I mean, we saw the other night where Helsley looked great for an inning and then he couldn't finish off the next inning and Gallegos had to come in and save the game. And I use that mm-hmm. term save in a literal sense because it was hanging by a thread. You had yeah. captain world series speech at second base with the tying mm-hmm. run. Um, and so I, I think that this bullpen is taxed, uh, you know, with Thompson being in Memphis, which I still don't understand, uh, Cabrera hasn't looked great as a lefty. So maybe that's why Libertor was in. They're thinking may- they can use him as a lefty on days that they need him. Um, but yeah, this bullpen, it's going to need some rest. Uh, Drew Verhagen has been very, very good lately. And I think part of the reason he's been so good is because he hasn't been overpitched. But I think we may be getting back to that. So, um, yeah, it kind of all goes back to the starters, though. Uh, the starters have to go longer because the bullpen needs to be a little bit fresher. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this whole Libertor thing. I guess we'll get some clarification this week. We may see his name penciled in as a starter. Um, I, I, are the Cardinals, is it 18 straight that they're playing right now? 18 straight days. Yeah. And then they get two days off, which is one of the weirdest things I've seen yeah. in baseball. But yeah, so I, I would expect to see him start because they need him to start. But today really confused me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he'll probably... But if he doesn't start, I think that's that's just another black mark against the front office because I mean that doesn't make any sense. I mean, to take your best starter, the guy that at least gives you the best potential um, out of your out of your starters, and then to just then turn him into a bullpen piece that you can't really use to the fullest anyway, right? I mean, he's only going to throw an inning or two probably here. You can't really. You don't want him being that long man that never gets used, but then again, he might get used too often on this team. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, when, when he came into the game today, my first thought was, oh, he's going back to Memphis tomorrow. That mm. And it, it sounds like that's not going to be the case, but I thought, yeah, this is what you do when you know a guy is headed back down to AAA. You're just going to use him for these needed innings, and then you're going to say, you know, right. see you, catch a plane tomorrow. But yeah, maybe not. Maybe Maybe we see his name penciled in against some point against Cincinnati. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. And I thought this week, and you know, talking about bullpen and tax and such, I really thought we'd see Hennessy Cabrera go back down because he has not pitched well over his last eight or nine starts. Talked about it on Mutual this week. Um, he had walked at least one batter in in eight starts. Had an ERA close to nine. Came in today and pitched fine. Uh, pitched well enough to get the. He didn't do anything he just ended the game i mean it's a five-run game it didn't really matter um but he didn't make it interesting which he very well could have so i appreciate that um i'm just a little bit as far as they haven't done a little bit more that roster turn right i mean and i do wonder when they're going to rethink the the zach thompson thing um it's it's not going well in memphis right now for zach thompson which is not too surprising um i i just i wonder if they're going to eventually pulled the plug on that and put him back in the, you know, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the consistent nature that they have done of taking starters and turning them into relievers. Um, that said, I think Zach Thompson might've been a better reliever than a starter. And I think that's argument to be made that that's where he should be. Um, but I mean, do you think they will, or do you think they're just going to stick with it? Cause they need a starter for next year. I I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, when they said he was going to be stretched out as a starter, my thought was 
the current pitching staff is so bad that they're going to try to hurry him up and we would see him in maybe a few weeks pitching three, four innings and building him up. Then when they said it was for next year, I thought, why in the world are you wasting a year of this guy when he is bullpen ready? He was the most dominant reliever in spring training. Uh, he started off the year looking dominant and unhittable until they threw him every single game. Mm-hmm. You know, if it you know if it was my decision, he's up there now because you need that other lefty right now. Uh, Packy Naughton's been placed on the sixty day sixty day IL. We're mm-hmm. not seeing him anytime soon. You can't really trust JoJo Romero. It seems like you need that second lefty in the pin, and he was the perfect guy for it. I mean, he had that curveball that could strike guys out. Uh, he could get ground balls and it just doesn't make any sense to take a full year to stretch him out to be a starter next year when the guy might not even crack the rotation. I mean, we may be talking about him as a starter in Memphis next year because the Cardinals have signed a couple guys or traded for a couple guys. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they're waiting. You know, it's one thing when it's like a Jordan Walker who's 20 years old and you're sitting him down, but you've got a guy, a Zach Thompson who is ready for the major leagues. And it feels like they are just wasting his talent right now. So yeah, yeah, as far as if they're going to call him up or not, if it's me, yeah, I'm not, well, I wouldn't have made that move in the first place. So I don't have a clue what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I do think the fact that they want to move him to the rotation is a good sign that we might not have to worry about Dakota Hudson anymore. Um, But uh, that's uh, that's always you know you got to look for your silver linings where you can right, um, but it yeah it just doesn't doesn't fit, so I don't know we'll we'll see but um, anyway so the Cardinals have four games with the Reds three games with the Guardians this week, um, do you want to take another shot at what they should do what kind of prediction you want to see what they think they can do with this. This one scares me a little bit because the schedule is getting easier. But, you know, in Cincinnati, you never know when a pop fly is going to go out of the park. And Cincinnati's got some pretty good starters. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm a little, little nervous about that. Um, mm, yeah. I'll, I'll say five and two. I, I don't want to eat my words, but I'll say five. You know, that's tough on the road, though. I I think I would I'm going to say five and two, but I think I will take four and three with all those games being played on the road. Um, Cincinnati's lost four straight, but they are about to be at home. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland is one of those teams that has a pretty good roster that can win. You just don't know who's going to be pitching and how good they'll be. So, yeah, I'm going to I'll say five and two. Um, but I'll take four and three. Where where are you at? Where where are you putting your money at? I mean, it's hard for me to think that they would do two weeks in a row of five and two. Um even with the lower um competition. And sometimes it feels like the Cardinals play to the level of the competition, right? That that's what I'm worried about. Especially like them. they're about to face a pitcher that's only thrown one game this year. You know, if they yes. don't have video on him, he's gonna throw a no hitter. Yeah, probably. I do look. I do like the fact that they don't face Hunter Green in Cincinnati. Uh, they don't face Nick Lalalo um, as well, I, and they they get to face old friend Luke Weaver. I think uh, because that might be a good thing. That might that might be a <laughs> we may be able to do the seven home runs thing again. Um, the way <laughs> the way Weaver has pitched in and that being in Cincinnati, so. 
I feel like you can win. I feel like you should win that series against the Reds. Probably three out of four. Um, then you get into Cleveland, and I mean those pitchers aren't. I don't know if have their. I don't know if they'll face Bieber or not. Um, I kind of. I don't know about winning two series back to back like that. So yeah, I think. I think four and three, but split with it's like three in the Reds and then one in in Cleveland, probably where I would land. We'll probably see a rain delay in Cincinnati that's just going to ruin it for both of us. So. Probably, probably. The good, I mean, the the thing is, I mean, Cincinnati is a place that you could see a rain out, uh, which the Cardinals have not had any real weather issues this year so far. Knock on all sorts of wood, but um, it feels like maybe they've had a couple of games pushed back. You know. 30 minutes or something, but they haven't had any completely rained out. But with this new schedule, you know, there's fewer opportunities to make those games up, right? I mean, they do have another trip to Cincinnati, so they could do that. I know I was listening. I don't remember where I heard it, but somebody made the point of, you know, that end of the season, you may see teams flying here, there, and everywhere to make up, you know, one game against, you know, the Giants that they got rained out, but they don't have another chance to make it up. So... Um, hopefully the Cardinals won't have to worry about that. Yeah. And, you know, this is a place where the Cardinals could really make up some ground. I mean, they've cut cut the lead from 10 to 5 games in no time at all, which is pretty impressive. But this is really a chance because – and one reason is you've got uh, Pittsburgh who's playing the Rangers, and then the Brewers are playing the Astros. So they're going to have some tough series going. You've got Miley and Woodruff who are out until at least June for the Brewers, and they really don't have backup for their pitching staff. Right. We're seeing the Pirates start to fade. This is the perfect time for the Cardinals to really, you know, another five and two, or if they want to sweep one of those series and just kind of go on a run, we could see them just, I, I mean, they're back in the hunt as it is, but we could mm-hmm. see them right back up there with those other teams, putting pressure on them and putting all this, you know, 13 games under 500 behind everybody. And all of a sudden it's like starting over brand new. I mean, it's not out of, it's not impossible. It's unlikely. But it's not impossible that when we get together next week, Cardinals are in first place, right? Um, it's, yeah, not likely, but they could be a lot closer. They could be in second. They could be, you know, within spitting distance of, of it, if not there. So, I, you know, the remarkable turnaround. Now, let's also be fair. They're in the NL Central. That helps, right? I mean, <laughs> if they're in the NL East, they're still fifth. Um, if they're in the, if they're in the, uh, in West, uh, they're still fifth. So, um, I think they're a half game worse than the, um, Padres there. So, you know, there's still, there's still, there's still some of that hole to fill in, but they're doing a lot better job of, you know, putting some dirt in the right spots, uh, to get back to sea level. I, you know, I'll take, I would take first place. So of course, mm, um, yeah. Yeah, but this is, you know, I I feel like, you know, just be in the hunt by the All-Star break, you know, within a couple games, maybe be back Mm -hmm. at 500. For the last, I don't know, the last decade or so, this team has shown that in the second half of the season, they put together a much better second half than a first half. And I think that's something we may, I think it will have to happen this year because I don't think they're going to start the second half nearly as poorly as they did this first half. But yeah. This, it would be great to see them either jump on top or get close. Now, you know, we say this and they go 0-7 this coming week, <laughs> and suddenly we're having another depressing podcast. But, yeah, right. 
the time is ripe for them to really start making some moves here um, as far as the standings go, especially because of where the other teams are, ha- who the other teams are having to play. Um, I would love nothing more than to see Pittsburgh and Milwaukee get swept in their upcoming series against these AL teams and the Cardinals just to start creeping up on them because I think those teams are going to start feeling the pressure. And I think we've already kind of seen them come back to earth and collapse a little bit. So I, we're starting to hear more and more people talk about the Cardinals now being the favorites to win the central. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to get that far ahead of things, but it is nice to at least hear them being talked about once again. Yeah. I don't know. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It's always hard to find for me on, uh, on fan graphs, the um, playoff odds. Uh, but you know, they had jumped um, what 20 or 30% on those this week i think um well according i've got baseball references right here and this is not including today's win but not including today's win baseball reference actually has them at 69.7 percent to make the playoffs like 70 percent before today yeah they've um and i think baseball reference has always rated them a bit higher than fangrass fangrass right now shows and i'm not 100 percent sure if that shows if that's after today or not it's got them at a 43 percent chance to win the to make the playoffs um but a you know a two and a almost two and a half percent chance to win the world series um which is kind of remarkable too from where they're at so it, it's as we have said this cardinal team is a better team than they were showing um but they're gonna have to do some stuff about that pitching staff or you know we saw 1998 right um a lot of home runs didn't do a whole lot in the the win column so uh, they're going to have to get some pitching to go along with this or, you know, we'll have another lot of depressing shows. Do you think it has to come from the outside or do you think there's actually the capability that the internal options can get better and rise to the occasion? I mean, I think that it's going to be a combination, obviously. I think because you're not going to go out and get five new pitchers or anything. And they're going to have to see continue to improve it out of bike list. They're going to see a little bit more consistency out of Montgomery. I think they can see at least fairly regularly good starts out of Flaherty. But, you know, I think there's also going to have to be, there's going to have to be some, something added to the end. And, you know, and sometimes that just going out and getting a, a good quality starter like that could be, you know, good on its own, but also good for the motivation of the team. Right. And, you know, kind of it's spurring this team maybe to a little bit better, results and maybe the pitchers get a little more fired up about you know maybe a little bit harder focus uh not that i want i, I think that's a, a little bit of narrative right i don't want to say that you know jack flaherty's not out there trying to do his best or or steven Matz is you know just needs to focus more or anything like that you know they, they're doing what they can with what they have but it does seem like you know as you've said second halves have been uh good for the cardinals and part of that's because they've gone out and made some acquisitions and giving the team a little bit of something to maybe rally around. Yeah. Well, what scares me about that is it's May 19th right now, and we're not going to see pitchers traded for quite a while. Teams are going to wait till other teams are in the hunt. I, I mean, there's always that chance that maybe a, you know, if we talk about hockey trades, an actual player for player, maybe something like that is done. Typically you see that in the off season that could be done, but um, it almost feels like we're not going to see reinforcements until the end of July and so you just hope that this rotation can do enough to keep the team either in the hunt or maybe we're talking about keeping them just doing enough to keep them in first place 
a few weeks from now. Uh, but yeah, the, the scary thing is it's going to have to be these guys that they have right now, I think, because I don't think we're going to see anybody else for you're looking at over two months. I think you're probably right on that. I, the one thing I would be interested in, you know, the White Sox right now are 19 and 29, and that was after sweeping the Royals this weekend. Um, that feels like a team with some good pitchers that might move a little earlier than others. So, you know, it might be that they're trying to get the most back and it would cost more, and that may not be what the Cardinals do. But I would – my feeling is is if we see a, anybody traded in June, it's probably a White Sox pitcher. And I don't know that they come to St. Louis, but I, I think if you're seeing a trade in, in MLB, it's probably a White Sox pitcher. Is Lance Lynn wearing the birds on the bat once again? I, I, you know, that feels right, doesn't it? I mean, it feels like, you know, that, that veteran guy, the, the guy that knows the system that they, you know, they don't have to worry about. They can give them innings. Um, that fits right in with that. I think that if Lance Lynn is on the, on, on the, on the market, they're going after him fairly hard. It's only um, appropriate for Tony LaRusso to make the phone call if that happens. But <laughs> from, Lance Lynn does have a six 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 ERA right now, not to scare anyone. Uh, but... To be fair, it went down today, so it's six twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so baseball yeah. references only satanic for another few hours, right? Right, you know, and uh, but yeah, that know. is a good point about the White Sox because I know Giolito's been his name's been mentioned as possibly an early trade candidate. Um, you'd have to think a lot of teams would be interested, but. Cardinals yep. need to be at the top of that list and reunite him and Jack Flaherty possibly. Yep. Yep. That would be another one. I think that the Cardinals would be, be interested in. And, and you're right. I mean, they're, these White Sox pitchers are in somewhat being rumored because they've been bad, um, but they have at least the possibilities of being better. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, but um, I don't know. That'd be, be kind of interesting to, to check to keep an eye on but you're right i think over for a while especially the the, the starters just have to be better and, and maybe the addition of libertor will help that yeah we'll see <laughs> we will see so all right well until next week when we will see what we have seen and maybe uh hopefully seen a lot more fun with the offensive numbers uh we'll we'll be back then and talk about it for david i'm daniel good night see ya Hey, Cardinals fans, thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.